Amen. Please be seated. Church, we are really blessed on this Father's Day to have Reverend Dr. Peter Francis coming to share with us. And uh, Peter is the principal of Malian College, the Baptist Theological College here in Brisbane as a church. We just love the work of Malian. If people want to know any more about Malian College, yep. they can come and talk to you. They can or, come and talk to me. Yep. Or you can go to our website, Malian, M-A-L-Y-O-N. Yep. Dot edu.au. And, uh, and that, there's a bunch of people here who've studied with us. And uh, yep. so they'll all get good commendations. They will. But um, yeah, by all means, we'd love to hear from you. That'd be great. Great stuff. Peter is a father and grandfather of 10. 10, almost 11. Almost 11. Yep. And uh, I know you're going to be so blessed through this word this morning. So can you make Peter feel really welcome as he comes to share with us now? Thanks, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, hey, look, it's great to be here with you today. And um, I've got to say that uh, over the years, I've, I've preached in a whole bunch of churches. And um, only once before have I ever been in a church service where they've had a, a nappy changing competition. And that was actually around about two hours ago. All right? Um, I, I've not seen that before. But listen, a little bit of bragging rights, all right? Some years ago, perhaps more than I care to admit to, I won a nappy changing competition, not in a church, but at the Brookside Shopping Centre. Now, now listen to me, that was back in the day when nappies were made of cloth and you used pins, hey? And I tell you what, it, it wasn't chocolate sauce going everywhere, it was blood. I mean, all these dads stabbing their fingers and, and I won the competition. Uh, I can't remember what I won. And frankly, I don't think anyone who won there, who, who won? Dan, did, did Dan win? because I didn't think he got a prize. And I, and I thought it was particularly unfair that the guys right on the end had so far to throw the thing as well. Anyway, that's, that's for the pastors to sort out. That's not my business, all right. Hey, but listen, I wanna say a, a happy Father's Day to all the dads. And, and I recognise the fact that for some of us, Father's Day is not real easy. Uh, for some of us, Father's Day is a day that has got a lot of pain attached to it. And, uh, and if you're in that situation, I want to tell you that there are people here who genuinely care about you and care for you. You don't need to take this journey on your own. But for a lot of you dads, um, well, maybe this morning was a pretty good, good start to the day. I remember when my kids were young, uh, Father's Day typically was breakfast in bed. And more often than not, it was literally that breakfast in the bed, you know, uh, all over the bed. And you'd sort of think, was this really worth it after all? Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. And uh, those men, those days just flew by altogether too quickly. But you know, a couple of years ago, uh, my kids presented me with a present for Father's Day. I was tempted to wear it today. And Wendy kind of said, are you really sure about that? So I thought, oh no, I won't, won't do it. But anyway, I'll bring it along anyway. Um, but my kids presented me with this t-shirt. Can, can you see this here? It says, dad, the man, the myth, the legend, all right? And, and I, I kind of, I, I wear it with a bit of pride, you know what I mean? Because I suspect that probably a lot of you guys are a bit like me. We like to at least perpetuate the myth that we are a legend, you know? That we've actually got it all together. That when the stuff of life comes our way, if there's anyone who's gonna sort it out, it's gonna be us, all right? We, we have got it together, in fact, I think it was just last year, my eldest daughter uh, presented me with this, this little metal plaque to put in my workshop. And uh, you'll see it up there on the screen. All right, it says, Dad's Fix-It Shop. And, uh, and my kids know that if there's anything that's broken, 
and my grandkids know this too, just, just give it to dad. Or the, the kids call me Popper. Just give it to Popper. And, and I've got to tell you, I love getting out in my shed where I can actually just do stuff with my hands. You know, I mean, all week long, I'm with people and I'm talking people, 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 and I'm working on the computer, on ants and phones. And I just love to get out in my shed, you know, that beautiful silence excepting for the, the sound of the, of the saw or whatever it is that you're working on and, and get some stuff done. And, and I love being able to fix it. But you know, sometimes, sometimes for us guys, and look, I'm talking to the guys, but ladies, you can listen in as well, all right? You, you understand that, don't you? Sometimes for us guys, we, we really like to believe our own myth that we can fix just about anything. No matter what life chucks at us, we've got an answer there somewhere. But there are times when the stuff that life throws at us is beyond us and we just can't fix it. Remember some years ago when our kids were little and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon and uh, the cousins came over, which they often did back in those days, and they were all roaring around out the back. They're having a great time. And uh, what I didn't know at the time was that they had been using the, the, the railing of the back stairs to slide on down the railing. And they're having a great time until one of the, uh, the nephews came in. And he said, oh, Uncle Pete, um, I think Heidi might have hurt herself. I thought, oh, better go and look. I went out to the back door and to my absolute horror, I looked over the railing about two and a half metres down and there was my youngest daughter, Heidi, lying flat on the concrete with her eyes open and fixed and totally motionless. And I can tell you, I suddenly, I suddenly just felt sick to the pits of my stomach. I ran downstairs, I got to her and she was just barely breathing and her eyes were fixed and glazed and I thought, man, what do I do? I mean, this wasn't a fix-it job. And I called out to Wendy and she rushed downstairs. She picked up our little daughter and and held it in her arms. And and we were both in such a state, we didn't even think to call the ambulance. We jumped in the car, we drove straight onto the hospital and Wendy's carrying this little limp body in her hand. And all I could hear is saying all the way to the hospital, oh God, God, please, please, Lord, please, please. And, And we got her to the hospital and we rushed her into emergency. And they began to do some x-rays and discovered that she'd cracked a skull down the side. And for days, that little little girl lay in the hospital and we just kept crying out to God, oh God, please, please God, do something. We didn't leave her side day or night. And in the grace of God, over a period of a few days, she began to really gather consciousness and And in fact, well, praise God, she's the one who's gonna give me number 11 before Christmas, all things being being equal. And, um, but you know, God has been good. But you know, there are times, aren't there, when we get to the point where we've got to acknowledge that we can't fix it anymore. That in spite of all that we've told ourselves about our ability to handle whatever comes our way. There are some things in life that come our way that we just can't handle. It reminds me of a story of a guy in the Bible. We read about him in Luke's Gospel in chapter eight. This guy's name was Jairus. 
And Jairus had a little girl. She wasn't two, she was 12. But this little girl was clearly dying. And Jairus got to the point where he realised there was nothing in his toolbox that could fix this. He couldn't fix it anymore. Whatever myth he may have had about being, you know, the man, the myth, the legend who can fix whatever, he couldn't fix this one. Listen to what it says in Luke's gospel about this story. It says, Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Here's Jairus and suddenly life has chucked him a curveball for which he's got no more answers. And frankly, he doesn't know where to go or what to do. And I suspect in a room this size, there is a bunch of us here today who know exactly what that feeling is like. And maybe right now, right where you are, life has chucked you a curveball and frankly, you've wanted to believe that you could fix it at every turn. But at the moment, you know there's nothing more you can do. This is actually beyond your capability. Well, Jairus does the only smart thing. He does the only smart thing for a person who realises that they've got no more answers. He actually comes to Jesus. Comes to Jesus. Now understand this guy, Jairus, he's, he's a religious man. We're told that he's a leader in the synagogue. I suppose in today's kind of language, he's the sort of guy who's at church every week. He's a guy that probably looks like he's got it all together. You know, he lives a good moral life and, and, and he even teaches others. He's probably the kind of guy that a lot of people look up to. He may have even been a guy who believed that his religion somehow rather could or should have been able to fix this. But even his religion doesn't seem to be able to fix this one. His daughter is dying. And so he comes to Jesus. Hey, but listen, as I talk at the moment, there might be some of you here today who are just like that Jairus. You're a really religious person. You're here just about every Sunday. You're helping out week after week. You're doing stuff around the place. You're basically living a good life. You're you're the sort of, you know, the exemplary person around the place. But for all of that, life has begun to come unstuck for you. And maybe you're trying to keep it under wraps. You're still trying to put on the facade that everything's cool, you've got this. Well, Jairus has got to the point where he can't put any more facades. And so he comes and he pleads with Jesus for Jesus to do what he himself was powerless to do. He, he just, he had no more answers. And Jesus so mercifully agrees to go with him, to go and see to this little girl who's dying. And yet along the way, Jesus becomes distracted 
Jesus becomes distracted. Uh, li- listen to, to, to what um, it says because other people start pressing in. Listen to what it says here. It says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Here is this woman who's been going through some horrendous stuff for the last 12 years. She has not stopped bleeding. As long as this man's daughter has been alive, she has had this medical problem which has absolutely debilitated her life. You know, sometimes in the midst of all the stuff that we are going through, it does us well to be reminded that there are other people around us who are also going through stuff, hey? You know, when we're going through stuff, that's all we can think about is our stuff, hey? My pain, my grief, my hurt. And we lose sight of the fact that all around us there are people who are hurting for a whole variety of reasons. But then even while Jesus is talking to this woman, someone comes rushing up to Jairus and basically says, Jairus, mate, I'm sorry, it's too late. Your daughter's dead. Poor old Jairus. When he'd gotten to that point where he, he just could, he couldn't get a thing right. I mean, he finally decided to come to Jesus, the only one who held any promise or hope for him in his situation. And he couldn't even get the timing right. I mean, if only he'd come to Jesus earlier. If only he got to Jesus earlier, maybe his daughter would have been saved. And he can't even get that right. And I don't know about you, but man, I reckon there's a bunch of us who, who know that feeling, hey. There are times when we have gotten so low where it seems that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, it's just not cutting the mustard. We are not, we're not making the grade. And we begin to look at ourselves and we say, I can't get a single thing right in life. And I suspect that that's exactly how Jairus is feeling as he sees his world crumbling around him. But you know, it's in the face of such abject despair, desperation, that Jesus speaks these wonderful, delightful words of comfort. And he says, do not be afraid, just believe. Just believe me, Jairus, 
You know, sometimes when we come to Jesus, it seems to me that we, we've already got it all figured out exactly what he needs to do, hey? It's like typing up a document on your computer, you know, and you've typed it all out, all that you think Jesus should do for you and you want him to suddenly come along and just hit the enter button, boom, and suddenly he'll make it all right. He'll do it exactly the way that you want it. He'll fix every problem in your life and it'll all be sorted. I've already figured it out for you, Jesus. All you've got to do is hit the enter and make it all right. But you know, when Jesus calls us, he calls us to simply trust him, to believe him, to believe that he is the one who can do for us and in us what we are totally incapable of doing ourselves. To believe that he is the one who can actually bring life out of death. And so Jairus agrees to let Jesus accompany him on that painful journey back to his home. I wonder what Jairus was thinking as they walked towards his home. This man is at the lowest ebb. They're heading home where for him, it's all over. There's nothing to be done anymore. It couldn't get any worse than this. Somehow or other, he's gonna hang on to keep, to keep trusting Jesus. But look, none of it makes sense. And so Jairus takes that painful journey with Jesus to his home. But he is soon to see what a touch of Jesus can do. A touch of Jesus can utterly change everything, everything. Listen to what happens further in the story. It says, when they arrived at the house, Jairus, the house of Jairus, he did not, that is Jesus, did not let anyone come in except for Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. And meanwhile, all the people are outside, they're wailing and they're mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus says, she's not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But then Jesus took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. And the spirit returned. And at once she stood up and then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. He was the touch of Jesus. The touch of Jesus that was able to bring life and hope and renewal even in the face of such darkness and despair. Hey, does it mean that so long as we've got enough faith, Jesus is always gonna heal? You know, some of you have had family members who have been struck down with illness and you've been praying for them, pleading that, that God would bring his touch, that he'd bring his healing and that they would be restored. Does it mean that that's the way it always plays out? Well, you and I know that that's not always the way, hey? Over the last few years, we've traveled this journey with two of Wendy's sisters who both died from cancer. One with pancreatic cancer, one with a brain tumor. 
And oh man, how we've pleaded with God that God would bring his healing touch and bring restoration. And yet in both cases, God simply chose to take Wendy's sisters home to be with him. Sometimes God doesn't. Sometimes God doesn't bring the healing, the answer just the way that we had actually typed it out on the script. You know, we ask God, just, just hit the enter button will you, and, and make it happen for me. And sometimes he doesn't do it that way. But you know, there was a bigger lesson here that Jairus, I believe, needed to learn. This Jesus, this Jesus is the one who can bring life to those who finally realise that despite their very best efforts, they haven't got the answers for life. To those who perhaps gotten to the point where they realise for all of the facade that they try to put on, the man, the myth, the legend, for all that they try to put that out there, that somehow rather deep inside, they're still feeling dead inside. And so to such people, Jesus calls and he says, come to me and I wanna show you, I wanna show you how I can take death and turn it into life. Hey, listen, let me read to you from another New Testament book, the book of Ephesians. It's a letter that Paul writes to a bunch of Christians in a place called Ephesus. These are people who'd come to know the touch of Jesus upon their lives. Listen to what he says to them. He says, as for you, you were, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In other words, you'd spent your life breaking God's rules. You were were dead inside in your sin, in your own determination that you're gonna live life your way, that you've got your own answers, your own rule book to follow. He says, look, you were dead, dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says, all of us, lived among them at one time, gratifying our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. But because of his great love, God, God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. You hear what the Bible's telling us? That for any one of us, when we get to the point where we realise we've run out of answers, that we can't do this thing on our own, that fundamentally we've been, we've been doing the best we can, but we're still out of step with God, when we get to that point and we realise that nothing but a touch of God upon our lives will do, when we realise that for all of the the show we wanna put on for everybody else, we have not got it all together. When we realise that the deepest problem of our life is not all the stuff that's going on around us, but the stuff that's going on inside of us. And that's our own self-sufficiency and sin. When we get to that point and we come to Jesus and simply trust in Him, 
we discover that he is able to give us the kind of life that we never dreamt was possible. Remember the words of Jesus? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it to the full, not just the facade of life, but deep in a spring of life that comes from God and from God alone. How do we get that life? Jesus says, come to me. Another part of the gospel, he says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. For all of you people who, who are just struggling in the journey of life, will you please just come to me? So that you might discover life. How do we get this life? I wanna tell you that we get this life by coming to Jesus by recognising that it's our sin that's kind of messed us up inside. But when Jesus came, we've sung about it today, when he came, he dies upon a cross. His blood is poured out to pay for the price of my sin, my failings. And he's raised to life again. So that he in turn can not only offer me the forgiveness of sin, but he can actually offer me life in all of its fullness. He can give me life. You see, he died so that you and I might actually know what it is to truly live. Even in the face of all the stuff that life throws at us. But you know, as we come to Jesus, I wanna say to you, there's a whole bunch of you here today who you know that you've come to Jesus. But it's not just the thing you do once. It's it's a lifetime of, of continually coming to Jesus because you know that he is the only source, the only wellspring of life in the midst of all the stuff that life throws at you. There is only one answer and that is Jesus. And some of you remember you came to Jesus years ago, but somehow or other you've forgotten to keep coming to him and you're trying to do it yourself, trying to maintain the myth that you've got this and deep down inside you know you haven't got it. I wanna say to you this morning, if that's you, can I plead with you? Will you come to Jesus today? Some of you, you've never really come to Jesus. I mean, you desperately need to. You've run out of answers and he's calling you to come. Some of you have been on the journey, but somewhere along the line, you become distracted and you, you've stopped coming to Jesus. You've just kept putting on the show. And again today, he's saying, will you come? Will you come to me again? Draw on the life that I have to offer you. You see, this Jesus, this Jesus is no myth, folks, let me tell you. This Jesus is not even a legend. He's a saviour. He's the saviour and he offers his salvation, his life, his liberty, his freedom to all who will come to him and put their faith and trust in him. You're one of those people that you're hearing this and you think, yeah, actually, that's what I need. I wanna tell you, you do need it. And if somehow or other today, as you've been listening, the Spirit of God has been 
churning in your heart and you're thinking, man, who got this dude to speak here today? I wasn't expecting this on Father's Day. If you're, you're feeling like that, but you know deep inside, you need, you need to find this Jesus, then I wanna say to you, even as I pray right now, will you just come to him? Bring your heart, bring your life, bring the brokenness, bring the mess, the stuff that's happening around you and all the rubbish that's going on inside and bring it to Jesus. And confess to him your need of him. and Put your trust in him. He will transform your life for time and eternity. You join me as we pray. Oh God, our Father, we thank you that you are loving, a merciful God. Regardless of the fathers that we may have had in this life, many of whom may have led us down relentlessly over the, the journey of life, you're a Father who never lets us down. You've loved us from eternity past. In fact, you loved us so much, you sent your Son, Jesus, who would come into this world amidst all of its brokenness and pain, who would be willing ultimately to go to the cross to allow His life's blood to be poured out on the cross to cover the price of all of our sin, who was raised to life again so that we who were once dead in our own transgressions and sins might be taken out of that place of darkness and confusion and brought into your own wonderful kingdom of light and life. Today, Jesus, we want to come to you. We want to come to you. We want to run to you. We want to embrace you and say, Lord, we need you. I need you. And apart from you, I've got no more answers, no more hope in this world apart from you. And today, I want to trust you with all that I am, all that I have. And I ask that you will do, you'll do in me and for me what I could never hope to accomplish on my own. I wanna trust you with my life today. We pray these things in the matchless and wonderful name, your name, the name of Jesus, amen. Can I simply say to you, look, if, if today, in your heart, you've said an absolute amen to this. You know that you've got to come to Jesus today. Can I encourage you, as the service comes to a close, we'll sing another song and Nathan will just chat with us before we do that. But if this is what's where you're up to today, then I want to really encourage you at the end of the service, before you shoot out the door and start doing the, the, the challenge and all the rest of that, why don't you just come down the front here? There are people here who really genuinely care about you, who would love to pray for you, who want to encourage you to actually devote your life to coming to Jesus. Well, may God bless you. Thanks so much for the privilege. Thanks, Peter, for sharing that word with us today. We're going to sing a song now, actually, and speaks about this incredible invitation Jesus gives us to come to Him. And uh, we can come as we are. We don't have to have it all together. As Peter shared this morning, we can come as we are. In fact, when we get to the end of ourselves is the place where we can receive the greatest blessing from God. He loves it when we come to Him. 
acknowledging our need for him. He's able to do his greatest work in our lives. So we're going to do that, respond in our hearts to him. As Peter mentioned, you feel free at the end of this service, come down the front. We've got these Bible gift packs as well. We'd love to give you. If you came with someone, say, hey, that's me. I want to go down. I want to be prayed for. Maybe you're in a situation or a circumstance. You're thinking, There's, I'm at the end of myself here. There's nothing else I can do. Come. We would love to pray for you, that God will help you, meet you in that place this morning. So don't we stand together as we respond in worship and give thanks. The chorus of this song says, oh, what a saviour. Isn't he wonderful? And that's so true. Let's respond in worship this morning.
good news. Thank you that it's not about us having it all together, but actually it's about us coming just as we are to you, great God, realising, Lord, we can't do it. None of us are meant to do the journey alone. We need a Saviour. We need you, Jesus. And so I pray, Lord, you'll bless each and every person, wherever we, each one is on the journey today, Lord, as we come to you, Lord, the many challenges and trials of life, Lord, that you meet us in that very place. If we will if we will, just like Josh, just say, Jesus, I trust in you. I believe in you that you are able to do so much more. Lord, you are able to pour out your blessing. You're able to lead and to direct us, lead us to life, life eternal. And so, Lord, that's my prayer and blessing for each one here today, Lord. We thank you for these promises, Lord. It fills us with great hope. Lord, great assurance. You're a wonderful Saviour. We want to tell you that this morning. And so, Lord, we just pray now. I pray now your blessing on each and every one. I pray. Pray again, Lord, particularly for those for whom today is a difficult day. Lord, you'll be so near. Minister your love and your comfort. I pray. And we pray, Lord, that many, many will come to know this hope that is found in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I just spotted Andy and Jackie Fife there. Just want to pass on our sympathies, praying for you today on the passing of your dad. And just want to let you know as well, um, our Connections Lounge is up the back here. Um, so you can head on out there afterwards if you're new and you want to connect with some people, we'd love to welcome you there. Don't forget, kids and dads, the dad challenges are out there. So hang around for a coffee afterwards as well. You're welcome to do that. And if you'd like prayer, as Peter said, you feel free just to come down the front here. We'd love to share with you and pray for you. But God bless you. Those online as well, we look forward to connecting with you again soon.
it's so great having you join with us online and uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, even though you're uh, at a distance, I suppose, to some degree, that uh, you feel supported and you feel as if you're connected to what's happening here at Bridgman. And so if God has been speaking to you, if He's been doing something in your heart, we would love to be able to support you in that in whatever way that uh, we can. And uh, we'd love you to reach out, email us, maybe hello at bridgman.org.au, or feel free to contact us through any of our social media platforms as well. But uh, what Nathan said is true. We're not actually meant to do the journey alone. And so we want to invite you to be a part the community here uh, to enter into the uh, walking alongside each other in that journey as we seek to step into the fullness of the life that Jesus has given to us. So I just want to say have a great day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers there. God bless you and we'll see you again next week.